welcome to Forward Launch Your SaaS. I'm Kira Woodard, the podcast marketer and owner of Forward Launch. In this series, I sit down with executives whose marketing campaigns have resulted in impressive growth for their startups. In each episode, our guests talk about the one biggest piece of wisdom that they would share with other B2B SaaS marketing execs. All right, today I am sitting down with Naka. And for the last 25 years, Nakam has made it his mission to pioneer business ideas and carry them through to their full potential. He's patented four different pieces of technology. He's worked in video commerce. He's developed interoperable messaging. And generally, he loves to strive for innovation throughout his career. And then since he realized that the future of the economy is in freelancing, he's turned all of his attention to Book Like a Boss, which is a cutting-edge, all-inclusive platform which supports engineers. Uh, Book Like a Boss is a cutting-edge all-inclusive platform, which is engineered to support entrepreneurs in more than 100 countries and is growing every day. So, Malcolm, I am super excited to chat with you today and dig into everything that's going on in your background. Me too. Thank you, Kira. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. Yeah. Would you like to kick things off by telling a little bit about why you got into Book Like a Boss? Sure, Absolutely. So, you know, as you mentioned um, in the introduction, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for about 25 years, uh, creating uh, several uh, technology companies. Uh, back in about 2004, though, I decided to branch out and I, I uh, decided to create an apparel company for uh, children with special needs. And that was a lot different than technology. And I thought, how, how you know, hard is it to uh, create a shirt? And uh, apparently it was actually a lot harder than I thought. Um, and so I uh, I did that for about two years, and I burnt myself out. I put everything I had into it, but I got messed over by manufacturing in China and uh, a couple other problems that I had. And after two years of putting my blood, sweat, and tears, I just said, you know what? I got to take a break from this. And I decided to start a podcast, and I wrote a book uh, on the entrepreneurs. And I decided to do some uh, startup coaching, helping startups get off, off the ground. And what happened was, after you know, because of the popularity of the book and the podcast, I was getting dozens of uh, people a week coming to me, emailing, phone calling, hey, can I take out for a cup of coffee? Can I buy you lunch? And I said, well, I charged my time. Oh, how much do you charge? I said $250 an hour. Oh, wow. Well, what does that include? And there was a lot of back and forth, and a lot of wasted time. And I said, I, I wish there was a simple way that when someone reaches out to, to me and says, hey, can I take out for a cup of coffee? I could just send them a link. They could follow that link and then they could see the different services I offer. They could read testimonials about me. Frequently, we ask questions that they may have, see my calendar, book me and pay for it all from one place. And that way, uh, there'd be no wasted time. They know what I charge, what services I offer, uh, any questions they may have answered already. And it would just be... and. And then if they wanted to move forward, they could book me and pay for it. And if not, then uh, that was the end of it. And there was nothing really out there like that. There was, uh, I mean, there were a lot of calendar apps out there, but there was nothing that was easy and had everything all in one, uh, all in one page. Mm. And so I thought about this idea and I tried building it on WordPress and didn't work. 
And uh, so I was going to hire a WordPress expert and he wanted $3,000 to uh, to do it. And I was just like, yeah, I don't want to pay that much money for it. And so I really had this pain point. And a few weeks uh, after, you know, I, I realized this, a uh, friend of mine whose sister was a masseuse sent me an email from her that said, hey, I'm just looking for some easy to use software where I could list the different massages I offer and where they could see my calendar, book me and pay for it all on one page. And I'm not technical at all. Does anything like that exist? And that's when the light bulb went off. And I said, well, I got my next business idea because if I, as a business coach, uh, have this pain point, and here's a masseuse that has this pain point with the growth of the gig economy and uh, freelancing around the world, I said, I bet there's a need for an easy to use solution to sell services online. And mm-hmm. so I approached a good friend of mine who I've worked previously on uh, other projects with, who's a master developer, David, and uh, he loved the idea. And we set out to uh, start building at the end of uh, 2015. Oh, wow. I like how your book was so successful that you had to create a whole software app just so people could book times with you to ask you questions and pick your brain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because I had originally written the book because there was, um, I I used to do coaching for free uh, when I was involved in other projects just to help people because I love helping people. And I mm-hmm. saw that 80% of what I was telling everybody was the same thing. It was only 20% that was specific to their uh, their specific uh, company idea. And right. so that, I wrote the book because I wanted to, uh, you know, say, hey, first, re- before you contact me, first read the book. And then mm-hmm. we could just focus on the 20% that's really about your specific need. Right. Okay. That makes so much sense. Oh, that's such an interesting evolution of uh, a coaching service. Yeah. And that, that, that does seem to ring true. Like for a lot of businesses where it's like, there are some things where everybody has the same need, but then uh, in some, but a piece of it is just things that are kind of individualized to you. So it's good that you actually found a way to separate that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since um, you started book, like a boss, uh, what have, what would you say has been like, one big insight or piece of advice that you would like to share with um, other marketers or founders of SaaS companies? Uh, that's a great question. So, I mean, I would say that the the main thing is, and this was something I had from the beginning, is that I was always brought up with the idea of treating others like you want yourself to be treated. And so when we created Book Like a Boss, because I had that personal pain point, I was my own customer. And so we set out to build something that was uh, you know, that was for, that was made to, to, for everybody to feel like they're part of it, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. about some big company and here's my software buy. It was about a, a sort of revolution of, you know, let's help each other. Let's help each other get online. Let's help each other sell things. Uh, and I wanted to treat our customers, our bosses, we call them, um, you know, like we, like I would want to be treated. So yeah. from the beginning, we made sure that we had chat support and we had email support and we had a knowledge base and we had a Facebook group where they could attend and ask questions. And, uh, you know, and we also had a you know great vibe and good feel and uh, made everybody feel like they're part of something bigger than just using uh, software. Um, and in fact, I think today we have uh, close to 7,000 members in our Facebook group, uh, which is phenomenal for, for a SaaS product uh, because we're there, you know, helping each other and pumping each other up and, uh, learning from each other and answering each other's questions. And it's it's just, um, I, I think, that, you know, at the end of the day, you want to build a product that people love and that when you build a product that people love, they're going to tell others about it as well. So, 
you know, I, I think that's something that, you know, going in when you're starting a SaaS, that you should build it, you know, from people up, build it, you know, because at the end of the day, it's the person that's using the product that's going to pay you and that's going to be your biggest fan. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So treating others like you would want to be treated if you were the customer yourself. Absolutely. Okay. That makes sense. So some of the ways you did that was, you know, creating um, uh, support from the beginning, creating an email support, creating a Facebook community. Um, Are there any other um, platforms or, um, or is there any other uh, types of um, methods that you use to stay in touch with the community or make people feel supported? Um, well, we did, we'd run contests every now and then, and sort of we used we would reward people when they uh, would support others in the group, and uh, like you know someone you know did that a few times and took from their time to support others just for no other reason except just being nice. We would send them a gift in the mail, like a a mug or a t shirt or something like that. Um, oh wow! We also early on, you know, I'm a big believer in building a product that sells itself and. Uh, so, and, and that markets itself, because if, again, if you, it, you want to create something that people are so happy using, they're going to automatically tell others about it. So mm-hmm. to sort of, and especially, you know, it's so hard when you're starting a SaaS company, it's not easy. And trying to get that growth and trying to grow is always going to be your most challenging uh, task. And so we also created a partners program from the beginning. Uh, we, we would reward our users for bringing on other users. And we made that easy for them. We made it easy for them to implement. And uh, we give them, uh, especially in the beginning, we give them a very high commission on any people they brought, brought in. Because uh, we knew that, you know, if we're building a product that we hope to have, you know, millions of users one day, um, you know, your first, you know, tens of thousands are going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to matter if you give them a higher commission or, or if you're making less money on them because it's about growth and about people using your product. And especially with a product like ours, we know that the more people use it, the more other people find out about it just because of the nature of the software. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. Um, so what are some of the things that you did in order to um, make the product from the very beginning be something that other people would um, recommend to their friends or recommend to their colleagues? Well, so the first uh, the first thing that we did very early on and is super important is to collect feedback, right? You mm-hmm. want to know, especially in the beginning when you're when you're first launching, you're, whether it's your MVP or even a little bit of a later stage, you always want to hear what they want, right? So it's not so much. I mean, I, you know, I had some needs and I had some ideas from my own personal needs as a business coach, but you want to hear from your uh, users, especially when once you reach the, the hundreds and then thousands of users. And you start look, looking for uh, common themes or common questions or common features that they want. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you see that there's a feature that's being asked for more than others, well, then you probably know what's your next feature to build. And mm-hmm. uh, the more you, and, and then the, they get more excited because you're building it for them. You're building and you're listening to them and they feel that you're listening to them. And uh, it wasn't done as a marketing ploy. It's just, we really want, we want to make our customers happy. My, my biggest frustration today is uh, whenever we have, whenever a customer requests a feature that we don't have, um, and it's so hard and takes so long to build anything, especially as the software grows and the code base grows, and you're trying to stay bootstrapped, um, it's challenging. And I'm a people pleaser, and I love to make people happy. And so, 
you know, it's a challenge, but, um, you know, over the last bunch of years, uh, we've always looked to make our product better and uh, it's really appreciated by our users. I remember uh, a couple of months ago, we launched uh, a feature people wanted and one of our, uh, one of our bosses in, in our group, you know, said that she literally broke out in tears when it went live. And oh. so we have that type of effect and that type of emotion on somebody by, by launching a feature, you know, you wow. got something pretty special. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's get, let's get really detailed with this. I want to know, what are you asking in these feedback surveys? How are you making sure that you're getting like good quality data back from people? How, how are you making it like easy to share and like keep up with and then creating that process so that these like features people are recommending are getting implemented or that the feedback is actually being incorporated into your company? Uh, Great question. So we have, I mean, obviously we see things get posted in the Facebook group and uh, we see if other people comment and we ask them, hey, would other people like this feature? That's an easy way. But we also have a public roadmap um, where people could come, our users could come in and they could post what they want and then other users could vote it up. So Mm -hmm. that's a good way for us to, uh, when people suggest something, we always send them that link to please post it there and see what other people in, you know, our other users would like. And so, you know, we use that to uh, update our to-do list and to really get an idea of, you know, what are the features that, you know, most of our users uh, want next. Mm, Okay, that makes sense. That actually sounds a little bit like uh, a voting system called, I think, the most acceptable voting. I'm probably getting that that name wrong, but essentially there are different types of uh, voting systems. Like there are voting systems where you can only vote for like one person, like in, in uh, elections, but right. there's other voting systems that uh, where you vote for all the like acceptable options. And that's a good way of like seeing. Um, yeah. I think it's like a better way of seeing like what's popular than if you can only like vote for one, because on like a typical survey, you might be tempted to just like, pick one option depending on how the survey is designed. But if you have like this public roadmap or you can vote for every feature that's interesting to you, you really get to see kind of the whole landscape of what everybody cares about. Exactly. It's not just voting on it, but they could comment on it. And then also we, we in, in that same page, we'll move a feature. Once it's going into development, we'll move it to development so people could see what's in development. And then we'll move it to, uh, you know, our gone live uh, section so people could see what went live. So they're seeing that we're listening to their voices. Then uh, they could see what's in development and they could see, uh, you know, something goes live as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you get that set up? Was that through your developers? You just had them code up some kind was, of website? Uh, some software. I, I forgot the name offhand, but there was software. I think we pay, I don't know, $10 a month, you know, nothing so expensive. And uh, uh, it's just, it's just great. It works great. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. it's pretty much anybody can implement this right away. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say um, I'm a marketer at a SaaS company and I want to start treating my customers like I would want to be treated. How step by step would you recommend that I go about implementing this into my business? Um, so I mean, it's a great question. What, you know, uh, so many things we touched upon. One of them is to make a culture and decision, you know, around the company, telling your employees, telling your partners, people that work with you, that you know the customer always comes first, and that you sh- that everybody should treat our customers as if they're our only customer. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then you should give them a platform where you can communicate uh, with you directly. And that's, you know, we use intercom, which is fantastic for live chat and for emails and also for knowledge base. So we could see, you know, once a question gets asked a few times, we'll actually create a, a document and post it in our knowledge base because we figure some people have that question, others will as well. Uh, creating that Facebook group or another using another platform where your users can congregate and talk amongst themselves or ask questions uh, about the software. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say also, you know, making it fun, you know, making it uh, um, uh, something that they feel part of, like a club, you know, so, you know, whether it's giving out gifts or uh, just having a good time, posting funny videos. I remember uh, once my partner and I, this is going back a couple of years already, but uh, we had, there's a holiday where we uh, we drink uh, pretty heavily and uh, it doesn't happen at all. It happens like once a year, but uh, we did a live Facebook video from uh, from my house and uh, it was just great. It was just fun. And people see that, you know, you're real people, you're normal people, just like everyone else. There's no corporate feel like, you know, even the name Book Like a Boss sounds inviting, sounds something fun. And we don't think of ourselves, we we. I'm a boss. All my people that, that work with me are my are bosses, um, and all our users are bosses. So we're all in this together, and we all call each other bosses. Uh, there's no hierarchy, really. You know, technically, I may be you know the uh, CEO, but you know, no one calls me that. You know, it's just I'm just one of the bosses. And um, I think when people see that and see that you're real and that you're genuine, um, and a lot of times, even now, you know, years later, and we have. Uh, you know, we have close to, you know, more than 60,000 users now. Um, and even though we have a customer support team, but I'll still jump into customer support sometimes just to interact directly, you know, with our users. And that's something that no matter how big you get, uh, you know, even as a founder, as a CEO, as, um, you know, you should always jump in and, and communicate with your, uh, with your users um, one-on-one. And a lot of times they get a kick out of it, like, oh my gosh, wow, we're speaking to the CEO. I'm like, I'm just one of you guys. I'm just a guy, you know, here trying to help you succeed. Um, and they really appreciate that. And it's genuine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like that could even fall under the category of like gifts you give out, you know, like if, <laughs> if you're trying to build your community and you see somebody's like helping each other, helping other people a lot, or you want to give like a, um, a survey out and then you want to reward people for responding. It could be like, oh, here you can have a meeting with the CEO and we'll answer your questions directly. That could that could be kind of a free gift. Yeah, absolutely. Even doing um like live uh, and then something I, I wish I had more time for, but doing like live um you know support sessions where anybody could come on and ask questions and stuff and you know just just show that you're 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 there for them. Right. Right. I bet that could be implemented by just about anybody in the company. Like um, I've seen podcasts where uh, it's like a business podcast, but like it's not just like the CEO hosting it. Like the CEO will host some episodes and then like some of the other like employees and team members will host like other episodes. So they just kind of like rotate between different hosts. So uh, if that's ever something you're considering maybe you can make it like it's a weekly thing or a monthly thing and it's repeating and then if you get it on a schedule then that might make it easier for um if you're not available another team member to say oh, okay i'm gonna, gonna take over that live stream and do the q a this time yeah it's a great idea it's a very good idea 
Yeah. Awesome. Um, are there any like pitfalls that you've noticed um, or come across or that other people might come across when they're trying to like build a community or make their customers feel heard? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, this, I mean, just, just this, answering this question itself may go against the policy, but we implemented, you know, un- unfortunately, globally, the world has become so deci- uh, divisive and there's always issues going on and politically. And so we made, you know, again, from pretty much from the beginning that there's no politics talk. There's no, there's no uh, getting involved in, in news or anything like that. Everybody is here. We're, we're one group, one people. Uh, we care about everybody equally and we love everybody equally. And, uh, you know, you got to be careful that you don't uh, say the wrong thing um, or, or say something that's going to make a customer feel bad or, or or uh, that or could, that could cause you a lot of trouble. Uh, we've seen that in other companies, and I believe this. You know, there shouldn't be a mix between business and your personal life. Personal life is your personal life. Your business life is your business life. And uh, you know, you should try to stay focused on uh, helping your customers and and making them happy with your product, and not get involved in uh, worldly events. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I think it actually is a good thing to set that kind of boundary about not talking about politics when it comes to like your software platform, because your your software and uh, the mission statement of your company has nothing to do with like uh, the current political situation anywhere. Exactly. So, it's such a, uh, it's such a fine line because any, anything you say, half the people will love you and half the people will hate you. Why, why alienate anybody, right? Yeah, well, why know? alienate? if it's not something that's like important to you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. But I, I think that makes sense. I think it makes sense to kind of like sit down before you create a community or before you create a group or create some like new public event, like a live stream or something. Um and just say, okay, well, what are our expectations from our members? What are the expectations from our uh our, our team members, as well as the, the our audience, essentially. And how can we turn this into some guidelines about like what we want the group to be focused on? And also let's think through like some of the potential uh, problems we can run into or some like harms that we might cause accidentally or other people might cause if they're coming into the group and kind of write those in. Yeah, it's funny. One of the things that we do uh, still to today um, and there's some pluses and minuses is that any post before it gets, um, it doesn't, it doesn't go live unless somebody monitors it first. So, you know, just to make sure not so much because of political reasons, but more, we want to keep the group on topic and we don't want people coming in and, you know, selling uh, Tupperware or whatever it is that, you know, something that has nothing to do with, with book like a boss. Um, And so we try to keep things on theme. We, we do allow, you know, some posts that may not be specifically about the software, if it's about their business or they're asking marketing questions um, or, you know, things that they could gain from the community. Cause I, I think that's extremely important. Uh, but we still do monitoring. The, the problem with that is that, you know, sometimes people want an answer when you're not available and you have to, even though we have, you know, four or five people monitoring the Facebook group, uh, we don't always get to it right away, but mm-hmm. it's, it's been a policy that's, that's worked for us uh, so far. Okay. That makes sense. Um so yeah, as we're wrapping up, um, is there anything that you'd like to promote? Any projects that you're working on, or are there any uh, places you'd like people to be able to get in touch with you? 
you can f- always find me on LinkedIn, Nachum Kligman, N-A-C-H-U-M-K-L-I-G-M-A-N. Always happy to connect with other entrepreneurs and uh, SaaS founders and business people. Uh, you could also obviously visit our website, booklikeaboss.com. We have a free uh, 14-day trial. Definitely uh, feel free to use it. Um, and uh, we have some we have some breaking news, but it's uh, it's going to come out in the probably the first week of January. So I can't talk about it just yet, but um, we're working on something th- that's pretty special. All right. Thank you so much, Nakam, for sharing your story. Thank you, Kira. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Forward Launch Your SaaS. If you'd like summaries, show notes, transcripts, downloads, and other helpful links and resources to help you implement the tactics you've heard here, then you can one, go to forwardlauncherSaas.com and two, subscribe to our email newsletter. Lastly, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and neighbors and head over to iTunes to leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.